welcome to another episode of an African Conquering the World podcast. Uh, this is episode 23 of 54. Um, I hope you've had a very nice week and I hope that um, you've recommended us to your friends and, and your acquaintances to, to follow the blog and the podcast. Like I say, I say all the time, the more people follow us, the better um, the podcast will be and the more elaborate it will become and also the more we'll be able to turn what we're doing here into a movement that can help to make a better world for us especially as Africans. This podcast is a catalogue of my of my thoughts and my experiences as I travel the world trying to do architecture globally from an African perspective. Again thank you for for following and thank you for listening. And please don't forget to follow us on Instagram at AACW Podcast. And indicate if you want to ever be kind of have a conversation live on the blog, on the on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Um we're we're all here here, we're all very appreciative of your support. Anyways, today um I'm going to talk about something that uh, happened this week to me but that um, has consequences from um, several years ago where I traveled um, in Europe and I traveled to to Tampa in Florida to to give lectures and to um, also also attend a, a friend's wedding now I've been speed reading two manifestos out of actually on my on my on my desk I have um, complexity and contradiction in architecture by Robert Venturi I have Le Corbusier's um, um, towards a new architecture I also have um, um, Aldo Rossi's um, Aldo Rossi's um, the architecture of the city and next to that I have B.I.K. Ingels yes is more and I also have Two books by Rem Kulhas, um, SMLX and um, Delirious New York. So I'm reading them pari soon, side by side with each other, to try to understand very quickly. I'm going through them to try to understand the ideology behind um, the manifestos in the period that they were created. So to cut a long story short, I realized upon um, first glance that the Corbusier's manifesto was a manifesto that created that was created from something very essential at that point and not just at that point I mean it, it's, a, it's a fundamental manifesto that reinforces an idea and that idea is the is the core of European architecture as a technique the use of pure forms combined together to form iconic masses um, Corbusier's main idea though is to ensure that these pure forms were maximized in the sense of their purity without their, their, their shape being interrupted by ornament. So his definition, which kind of is a summary of the book, is architecture is the play of pure forms in light. So that kind of architecture is what you see in Rome. Now, like when I first went to Rome, I, I had these experiences that I can't really say if they were great experiences or not, but I had these experiences with the 
churches in Rome, the lofty churches in Rome. But what I saw, as much as I had studied a lot of them in books, I realized that there was there was something missing from what I had grown up to know as architecture as an African etc. And I couldn't really I mean the blurring of the the of the of the form that the ornamentation of it uh, and all the murals and things like that which are all fine by the way but the blurring of the of the essence of the form the purity of the form by all those things kind of creates a second type of architecture around the architecture of of the pure form combination so what you then have is a building that becomes a little bit harder to read and a building whose essence is not read by the forms that create it but is read in in tandem with some ornaments that lead to a misreading of what's actually there i mean that's a lot of words but basically what you see is not what you what you what you perceive is not what's actually there because what's actually there is covered with a lot of for lack of a better word tattooing Corbusier argued against those tattoos that um, architecture should remember things like the surface mass and architecture should also uh, learn from how the engineers of that day created essential objects like silos from pure forms so the argument was a succinct argument um, you, you can't say it any better I mean even even today with parametricism I'd, I'd argue that most of the architecture that is iconic still uses pure geometric form as its basic uh, response. So usually parametricism in, in, in a way is, is really just a manipulation of that those pure uh, uh, geometries. In France, on the other hand, for instance, that 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 manipulation is less seen because the french love the straight line and and the axis so the architecture reads around that axis so so as much as it's ornamented for instance like the louvre there's a clarity of that form and that's the culture that le corbusier was arguing for he made it more and also also a very succinct argument about pure form that pure form is is something that is, is is not unique to one culture, but is something that all cultures respond to in the same way. I mean, it's a conjectural argument, but and it can't really be proven. It couldn't have been proven at the time that he wrote the book, but I'm sure now with um, uh, advances in psycho, psycho, psychology and psychotherapy, that can be explored and be proven. But the fact is that core argument that we all have the same responses to pure geometric forms what are called euclidean forms that argument is a very succinct argument given that for hundreds of years all iconic architecture for instance have had one of those forms or a combination of several as the base argument of their formal existence so again um i visited new york and i saw biake ingels um w57 which he writes about in his yes is more manifesto so the, the thing is it's it starts from a cuboid 
and is manipulated into a square based pyramid skewed to one side because like the pyramids in egypt are a square based pyramid that the apex is at the center of the it can be traced directly to the center of the square he on the other hand splits the pyramid the pyramid of egypt into i would say into quadrants that's four parts and then takes kind of like takes one of them and that becomes w57 albeit is cut in the center to create the illusion of not the illusion but create kind of a courtyard and ensure that it, it's almost like a like a block uh, this is a lot of theory and uh, typically i wouldn't i don't argue based on theory but um it's important for us to understand the knowledge in the books in those kind of books and understand where we stand in the spectrum of of architectural thinking now venturi on the other hand whose book um, complexity and contradiction in architecture was seminal also it led to Remkulas's book and etc <clears throat> his argument is about the vaguest argument on any subject that i've ever seen it's not clear his table of contents are tricky but that's beside the point the core of his argument is that contradiction exists in architecture normally but for him the definition of contradiction is the fact that even when architecture strives for perfection there are, there are usually parts there are usually parts and plays within the architecture that that go out of the for instance the the argument for perfection let's take an example um, sometimes um, some designers like to make things exactly symmetrical around an axis so he he trace plans and see that sometimes there's there's although the form itself is symmetrical but because of use maybe it's, there's a staircase that steps out of that symmetry so there's an asymmetry within the symmetry so then that introduces a kind of contradiction to architecture and that contradiction is not a formal contradiction in the sense of the use of form but it's a contradiction that can be described in words so a word like for him in the book a word like yet comes into architecture it's 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 inside yet it's outside um it's symmetrical yet it's asymmetrical it's it's um, big yet it's small so that argument is a vague niche extremely intellectual argument that only a, a select few people would understand and that 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 kind of understanding takes away the ability to create architecture makes us instead of trying to find ways to make architecture act in in the best way it can for the times we are in instead of that we now start to try to observe to find discrepancies in the architecture that is being created so that those dis- discrepancies now become a style now the thing about that is one we cannot accept generally that there is one way of doing architecture so such that if if we we now say that something is an anomaly it means it's a deviation from that certain way so there's no there's no base way by which architecture is done all architecture is valid 
Um, but so the argument that there's a stray from 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 a certain core of architecture when that core is not decided i think is a vague argument and so the entire book kind of falls apart but you you see the argument being brought to life in places like tampa where you see these mix mash of several styles of i hate the word style but several kind of conjectural uh, movements of architecture placed on one building and those ornaments and ornamentation aren't really working for the building they are not performative they don't make the building look better they don't make the building work better they just are put there to reinforce an argument and this is this brings us to today so we've gone from Corbusier through Biaki to Rem to and ended at Robert Venturi where, where we are today we've gone from France to from Rome to France to New York to Tampa um, all these trips that I've taken I've taken also to try and understand how the architecture in those places work and the guiding force behind them now what's our guiding force as Africans this is the biggest problem we have we have something that we we have been taking for granted what what is called traditional architecture but what I, I think is the most intelligent thing that has come out of Africa in a long time I think that we have to figure out a way to read uh, read it because reading architecture is different from reading normally to read architecture is to be able to understand the back end plays in the architecture and how that either affects its out- outlook its output or its ability to to be used in a certain time again a lot of english but i think that we need to at this point of our life as africans we need to find a way a a legend or a or a a, a cheat code a back end cheat code through which we can read in new ways our traditional architecture and then be able to create an architecture we suffer from a lack of architecture and a great city a great country a great continent is one that has an architecture thank you for listening to the podcast this week um it's been uh, nice talking about these kind of deep intellectual subjects please follow us on uh, on instagram at aacw podcast uh, give us a like Give us a follow. Talk talk about the podcast to as many people as we can as you can, so that we can have a larger audience. Again, thank you for listening. See you next week.